Hello, Internet. My name's Jonathan Cook. And I'm Matt Noble. We're back to TV this week. I yes. love the TV. The TV's good. Television. No, I, we, I like TV as well. <laughs> and it appears our listeners do too, because this week there's been a bit of an, an explosion in the uh, Homeland podcast. Our Homeland podcast has got like 300 downloads this week or something. So just quickly like to say... If you did find us from the Homeland podcast, like us on Facebook and tell us how you found us. Tell us how you found it. Because all the podcasts do quite well. It's not a surprise that people are downloading our podcast. But this particular one has spiked a bit more than others. And I guess we're interested. How did that happen? Yeah, we love interacting with the new fans, and mm. we'd love to hear from you. Like on Facebook. And if you, that's a great place to ask us if you want more Homeland coverage. Ask us, and we'll, you know, we, we'll come through. Yeah. But this week we're talking about the newsroom. Let's do the news. Let's do it. Let's do the news. Is it like how often do they say that in the show? Eight times. <laughs> do they say it more than eight times? I don't know. <laughs> I don't have the stats with me. I'd be a bad news reporter. I don't yeah. have the stats on hand. I, I just guess numbers. Yeah. So this has been an interesting show. We've got Aaron Sorkin, the creator of the greatest television show of all time <laughs> the west wing on hbo some might argue one of the best networks of all time for drama series indeed yep sorkin's also done sports night which was i think a great uh, comedy series that went on for two years it was really good um and he did studio 60 on the sunset strip not quite as good as the other two <laughs> um a little disappointing but I, th- I thought people were a bit unfair to it. I think, like, Studio 60 had some good moments and some good characters, and uh, every now and then you saw a bit of Sorkin magic. <laughs> uh, what do you think of Sorkin? I really enjoyed The West Wing, perhaps not quite as much as you, but I think it was, it was a great show, and I quite liked Social Network and Moneyball. Oh, yes, two movies he's done. And I'm a really big fan of HBO. I think they've done some of the best shows, The Wire, Sopranos, Carnival, Deadwood. Really good stuff. Mm. And something that bothered me a little bit about The West Wing was sometimes it was a bit PG. Mm. I think some of the cheesier moments perhaps were brought about by the fact that it was on a network show. Mm. So I was interested to see Sorkin take his talent and his opinions and whatnot and put it in a TV show in HBO where it could be a little bit more edgy and hard-hitting. Yes, We might as well let you know, we're going to be talking about Newsroom. First half of the podcast will be spoiler-free. Yes. And then we'll let you know when we're going to start talking about specific spoilers. So if you haven't seen Newsroom, you can still listen to the first half of this podcast. But if you don't want to be spoiled, we'll let you know when to tune out. Obviously, you'll be coming back to it later, though, once you've seen Newsroom. Unless we tell you not to watch Newsroom in our verdict. Yeah. And then you might as well just listen to the second half of the podcast. (laughs) So let's talk about what Sorkin brought to HBO. What's the premise of the Mm. show, The Newsroom? Well, it's a show that takes place behind the scenes of a cable news show. Going out on a limb here a bit, Sorkin, after Sports Night, which was behind the scenes of a cable sports show, and Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip, which was behind the scenes of a network comedy show. Um, and I guess mix, it mixes in a bit of the West Wing stuff with po- politics. I can talk more about politics on Newsroom. Mm. Now, we have a lead in uh, the character of Will McAvoy. Mm. He's the, the host, the anchor for the, uh, the 8 o'clock news, played by Jeff Daniels. Yeah. Who Matt tells me is famous. He's been in movies and stuff. Yeah. 
And how the show starts is with him at some kind of conference at a college. It's got mm. some guest speakers. Guest lecture, a a sort of like forum or something, yeah. yeah. And he's not really answering the questions honestly. He's just kind of being a bit of a smartass, he, offering quips. He's referred to in the show as the Jay Leno of news. <laughs> it was like the biggest put down you could... Uh, be compared to is is Jay Leno, just a very weak ratings whore. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so he eventually gets asked the question, "What makes America the greatest country in the world?" Mm. And he finally just can't ignore these questions he finds irritating with these quips, and he just blows his top. Oh yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty awesome. And so here we have a pretty good. Entrance opening thrown into the world of this guy who's this popular, famous news anchor, but he's just blind. He's just there's this just drama. There's fallout yeah. from this uh, rampage he goes on at this discussion. Because the reason he's so popular is because he doesn't say anything ever. <laughs> um, like he doesn't say anything offensive. So everyone just watches him. Like Jay Leno, who with his stand-up comedy talk show, he doesn't say anything offensive or anything edgy. He just makes lame jokes that don't offend anyone, so everyone just tunes in. As opposed to David Letterman, who's a bit edgier, and all the other late-night talk show hosts, they're a lot edgier. <laughs> <laughs> so his boss, uh, Charlie Skinner, played by Sam Waterston, you might know from Law & Order, <laughs> calls in uh, a new EP, a new executive producer, to try mm-hmm. and sort of uh, right the shit, get the, uh, the show... Back mm. on a winning course. Mm. And that's Mackenzie McHale, played by Emily Mortimer. Mm. You might think that's a reasonable thing for Charlie to do. Mix it up, bring in someone new and stuff. But it's not that simple. It's not just bringing in a new producer. Yeah, Will has a bit of an issue with this. He has a history yeah. with, uh, with Mac. Mm. They go back. I guess the first episode is about him dealing with this and the character relationships, him dealing with his old EP and mm. now Mac is his new one. But essentially, these are the, the top guys, Charlie, Will, Mac. They're all yeah. idealistic people and they all have similar views on how to do the mm. news. Yeah. So they have to overcome these sort of relationship issues in order to run a new show the way they want to run the new show. Yes. So they form this news team and... How the show works is the newsroom is actually set in sort of 2010 to 2011. Mm. And what it does is it shows how this fictional news team reports real-life events that happened yeah. in the last two years. Yeah. I heard this, this is a very hard show to like because I love my show, but I hate my spoilers. And it's very hard to avoid season two spoilers for the newsroom. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I can't watch the news now. What, like, why don't they say at the beginning of newscast now, spoiler alert <laughs> for fans of the newsroom, please turn off now. Would you rather find out who wins the 2012 US election in a year's time watching HBO's The Newsroom than watching the news at the time of the election? Yeah, I, that's where I get my news, from Aaron Sorkin's The Newsroom. <laughs> I think it's the best sort. Their news team does the best coverage. Yeah, they do the best coverage. I want my news from Will. (laughs) (laughs) Well, for those less concerned with spoilers, the the events themselves aren't really the main events in the show, the newsroom. It's how they go about covering them. 
It's whether they're objective, whether they cover them for just the ratings or to show the real issues, mm. whether they're able to find out information so they can break the story first because time is everything in the news industry. Mm. This is sort of the real drama in the show, The Newsroom. Mm. So that's sort of the premise of the show. Mm. We mentioned some of the characters. Let's get into a few of them now. Mm. I guess the main ones are Will and Mac. Yeah, they're sort of... They fight a lot. What kind of people are these? Do we like them? Are they are they funny? Are they clever? What, how would you describe mm. Will and Mac? Okay. Will, I like him. He has a bit of a temper. He, like, loses it a couple of times. I think that's usually entertaining when he gets angry. Um, he's got a bit of a sense of humour. Uh, he's a bit pompous, but, you know, he's sort of, at the end of the day, a bit like... A bit like Don Draper when he's got to do the ad pitch. Or Alan Shaw when he's got to do the closing on Boston Legal. Whenever that camera turns on for the news, he's on. Like, he does such a good job. So, like, he's a bit rough about the edges, a bit gruff. People sort of a little scared of him. But he's sort of a nice guy under it all, and he can do a great job with the news. Something I like about Will is that He's very sharp, he's very witty, mm. and he's always saying these kind of sarcastic yeah. things, and he kind of puts people down, but I think in his mind that's just sort of getting the job done, and he doesn't quite realise mm. sometimes how much he scares people, yeah. and then we get situations where he's having to defend himself, and he starts yelling, I'm affable, yeah. and it was, I thought that was very Larry David, kind yeah. of like, yeah. he thinks he's going about things the right way, and he's having to yell at people yeah. about how nice he is. Yeah, I think Will is a great character. I like Will. Mac. She's an interesting one. She's very... Mm. She's quite strange. Yes. She's super idealistic. She's been off reporting news from caves in Afghanistan, very mm. dangerous places, and mm. she comes back. And socially, she's a little awkward, a little odd. Yeah. But people like her. Yeah. She's very kind. She's very sweet. Mm. I guess her quirks you're supposed to find endearing. <laughs> Do you? I think there's sort of two sides... To Mac. Mm. Well, not opposing sides, just sort of two different scenarios in which we see her. One is her being idealistic about the news. Mm -hmm. And when she gets passionate about the news, I think it drives the stories well. Yeah. And I think she's interesting and sometimes I agree with her. But I it like can that. get a little cheesy, sort of mm. her speeches and stuff. Mm. I'm not always gripped by it. I think it's okay. a little bit uh, mm. corny sometimes. Mm. And then we have her comedic moments. Yeah. And I think they're great. They're just Ooh. so odd. I think just the her timing, the weird things she says, the way she interacts with people. Yeah. I reckon she kills kills the comedic stuff on the show, which is which is surprising because I didn't really like her when she guest starred for a few episodes on Thirty Rock. Okay, yeah. But Emily Mortimer has comedic chops. Mm. Uh, I, I, was, I was talking to someone who likes the newsroom the other day, um, Jess Jones, who's been a guest of the podcast. Two-time podcast Two guest. Two-time podcast guest, yes. Gets a sneaky mention in the newsroom one. She thinks the biggest problem with the show is Mac. She doesn't like Mac. Here's my issue with Mac. Yeah, sometimes she waffles on a bit about the idealism stuff. I don't think it's too bad, though. And she sort of has an idealism that, like, is framed in a bit of a different way to Will's, which I quite like. So she sometimes articulates his points differently. And I think some of the comedy stuff is good. Um, I like when she accidentally sends a text message to everyone sort of thing. Uh, I thought that was quite funny. Sometimes I just find she's a little bit over the top. She meets one of Will's girlfriends in an episode, and just her facial expressions I didn't believe 
at all. <laughs> like, it was just so over the top. Now, we also have Charlie, who we mentioned, as being uh, the boss, Will's boss. Wears a bow tie. Now, he's uh, a bit of a drinker, a bit of an alcoholic. Yeah. Mm. And he also seems to have two modes. One is just lighting people up. Like, he gives some good shouting scenes, just getting things in order and tearing people new ones. Oh, man. He's so good when he's mad. <laughs> and then... He's got more that light... He's also got that more light-hearted, sort of snarky quality to him where, like, I think there was a gossip column article about Will, right? And he brings Will in and, like, talks him through it. And, like, I think the meeting ends with Will going, why did you bring me in here? And he goes, well, mainly just to laugh at you. <laughs> like... <laughs> I think he has some of the best lines in the mm. show. Yeah. When there's a big argument between Will and Don and he's trying to get Don to shut up, he says... Don, I used to be a Marine. I'll beat the shit out of you no matter how many protein bars you eat. <laughs> and just to see that from, like, in the first episode yeah. when we're just being introduced to this guy from, yeah. like, a 60-year-old character, just like, yeah. I will beat you up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh Really hooked me into the character of Charlie pretty early on. Yeah, I love Charlie. He's entertaining when he's angry. He's lovable when he's not. Um, yeah, he's he's real, and uh, Sam uh, Watson does a great job of acting. I'm yeah. saying it now; he should be a lock for next year's uh, supporting actor at the Emmys. You know, he's fanta- he's fantastic, and perhaps the MVP of the show. Who might be fighting him for that MVP slot? Uh, could be the characters of uh, Jim, Maggie, and Don. So, if you like the relationship side a yeah. bit more, there is a bit of a. Uh touchy sort of uh, triangle, I suppose, that forms mm. pretty... We get, get hinted at pretty early on. Yeah, sort of a uh, Mackenzie sprinkling a bit of a magic into the workplace. <laughs> oh, my love life, uh, previous stuff hasn't been complicated enough. Now let's try meddling with other people's. Maggie's a young girl who I think mm. starts at reception, but she sort of gets bumped up to an associate producer. So In, like, the first of... 20 minutes yeah. of the first episode. <laughs> so that's not a spoiler? No. I didn't get how the first episode, she got promoted so quickly up the the ladder, which I bought and liked. You know, she was loyal. She got rewarded for her loyalty. I think that's a good thing. It tells us something about the character who promoted her. It tells us something about that character. I bought it. Then the next episode, we've got her boss, Jim, Jimbo, uh, telling her that he's going to help her work on something. And she's like, I don't need your help. I know what I'm doing. I've done this before. Like, I thought from a week where she's so timid and unsure of herself and things to this sort of, I don't need anyone to tell me what to do. I'm an associate producer. Back off, buddy. I thought it was just, like, very inconsistent. Well, time does pass on the show. It's not week to week. Sometimes there could be yeah. months between episodes. Maybe she picked it up pretty quick. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> so Don is... Will's former EP, he's now executive producing the 10 o'clock show, mm. uh, but he's dating Maggie. Mm. And they have a bit of a up and down relationship. They break up, get back together. Yeah. At first, I hated Don. I, the, the introduction to Don was ridiculous. Oh, you hate Don. In the first episode, it's like, why are you resisting this story? You know this is going to be a story. Just quit arguing for the sake of arguing. You're wrong, Don. Yeah, and he was douchey to Will too. Like this was Mr. Douchey douche. to Will, douchey douche to, to everyone. He's just like Mr. Douche, Don, <laughs> Donny Douche. <laughs> I 
I think over the series, you get to know a bit more about Don, and he shows some other qualities other than being a douche. Yeah, Aaron Sorkin gives him a few scenes where he does something nice, so you can start <laughs> to like this guy. And then we have Jim, who is brought to the newsroom by Mac. Mackenzie, yeah. And instantly you know that he's developed a bit of a liking for Maggie. Mm. Probably because Mackenzie goes up to him like first scene and goes, hey, that girl, you're going to like her now. <laughs> Start liking that girl. I think she's going to like you. Jim, he's a pretty cool, good guy. He's, he's good quite guy. funny. He's very self-deprecating, but also good at his job. Yeah. I think that's a, a common theme within characters in the newsroom. They're good at doing the news. They're very idealistic and they work hard. Personal things, not so good at. They're incompetent. Yeah, <laughs> terrible. Yeah. Then you've got a couple of other characters in the mix. Sloane. I love how you pronounce the letter, like, L. Like, it's, it's always, like, blue. Sloane. It's like L into a vowel. Love, uh, love that sound. Anyway, Sloane. Yeah. Sloane Sabbath. Played by Olivia Munn. Mm, from The Daily Show. And Attack of the Show. Yeah. I always find her annoying on The Daily Show. I just think her delivery of the monologue she gets, I just don't find that... It seems a bit forced to me. I think she's great. She's every nerd's hero. She goes on Attack of the Show and she explains all the new gadgets, the new eye, this and that, internet things. And she's stunning. So all the nerds love her. And I think she's great too. I think she's very funny and a good actress. I haven't seen Attack of the Show. So I'm just... All my experience with her was The Daily Show and I didn't really like her stuff on it. When the newsroom, she plays... An economist. Mm. She's got four, five, six degrees yeah. in economics. She's very well educated. Mm. And she gets brought on to the news team to do an economics segment. Yes, yes. Because she can sell it because uh, she's pretty attractive too. Mm. I was a little disappointed that I saw her in the opening credits and then she wasn't even in the pilot episode. Mm. But I, she gets a little bit more to do as the show goes on. I've said I didn't like her in Daily Show. I actually think she's pretty funny. She's quirky. I think she's good value on the news team in the newsroom. Like, she's one of my favourite characters on the show. There's also Neil. Neil, played by Dev Patel. The guy from uh, Slumdog Millionaire. Yeah. He's spent his million dollars and now he needs a job in the newsroom. Was doing movies, now he's slumming it on TV. <laughs> slumming on TV. <laughs> Neil, he's the IT guy, so he's pretty good at... Uh, Computers. Yeah, he writes Will's blog. Will doesn't even know what a blog is. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess he's quite low down, sort of the the ranks, the sort mm. of the seniority of the people in the news team, because he's quite young. And he's trying to work his way up. He's trying to help the stories as much as possible, because he too is quite idealistic, mm. and he's trying to find stories and help them. But sometimes it's with something ridiculous, like proving that Bigfoot is real. Yeah. We just have these ridiculous stories from Neil that are very nerdy and Mm. quite funny, but a little silly. Yes. What do you like about the show, Jonathan? So that's the team we've got to work with. What do I like or dislike about what the team does? Yeah. Well, at the start of the show, I thought it was pretty preachy. Obviously, these people are idealistic and they need to change how the news is being done. So... They are going to put forward an opinion of what Mm. they think is right. Mm. But I felt it's pretty hard. Like, it's pretty in-your-face, idealistic. This is what needs to be happening. Here are my political views, and these are correct. Mm. Yeah. 
But because I generally agreed with the ethos of mm. Newsroom 2.0, yeah, or Newsnight 2.0, it didn't annoy me too much. Mm. And I thought some of the the fast-paced, witty, choppy dialogue was a little forced at the start. Mm. I was kind of like, oh, here's Sorkin trying to do Sorkin. Like, uh, yeah. this is the West Wing-style mm. dialogue. Yeah. But I think, I'm not sure if it was the writing. Maybe it was just the actors getting used to it. Mm. I think that felt smoother as the show went on yeah. and became mm-hmm. funnier and... Mm-hmm. It worked. Yeah. I think about three or four episodes in is when I really got hooked. That's when I started to care about the characters, care yeah. about the stories. Yeah. Then we got a bit of more of a prolonged arc. Because you ca- you could watch the episodes relatively individually. They're relatively yeah. isolated mm. because often there'd just be a news event that yeah. that would be the week's episode. Yes. Mm. But they start to tie in a little bit more and more as you go on. Mm. And then I started to enjoy it more and more mm. as those things came together. So... I actually was brought around on the politics okay. being talked about in the show. Okay. I think this show is at its best when they're doing the news. Like, that's what I liked about the show. Like, the first, the pilot episode for me, the highlight was by far when the news came in about the oil spill and it was all systems on. And you saw them cover the story you saw the people in the production room, you saw the people on the floor, you saw the people in the offices, like, getting the research and on the phones and stuff. Like, that was exciting TV. I was enjoying watching that. Before then, there were moments I liked, but moments I, like that I felt were a bit dragged on, like monologues that just went on too long and things like that. I also like in the show any scene with Will and Charlie. The Will and Charlie scenes are pretty gold. Um, they're great characters. They've got great chemistry. Aaron Sorkin's a bit preachy, but that's Aaron Sorkin. <laughs> like, that's what he brings to the table that other TV writers don't bring. He wants to say something. I'd like to get yeah. Sorkin and David, David e. Kelly, e. Kelly in a room. David E. Kelly's the one other guy who does that. These are the two guys that, that, that's why they do TV to say something about things. And I think it's good that we've got shows that are saying something about things. It's not all like subtext and like sort of, if you want to show like Mad Men, watch Mad Men. Uh, (laughs) This is a different type of show. And I like that, like, I think it would be disappointing if Sorkin didn't. Can he pull it back a little bit sometimes? Does he go a bit too far? Maybe. Yeah, maybe he does sometimes. So I'm not saying it's perfect or it can't be made better. But I'm saying I, I would be disappointed if it didn't have that element to the show. Yeah, the relationship stuff's what really tired me. Uh, I wasn't that interested in the relationships. I wanted to see them do the new show. I think something that worked really well about The West Wing was that there weren't heaps of inter-office romances and flirting and stuff like that. It was a group of friends that were doing something important together. And they all had each other's backs. Maybe that's a lesson the show Friends could have learned. We want to see a show about friends. Yeah. <laughs> not just everyone doing each other. Yeah. 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 Fall out from that. Yes. So let's wrap up this spoiler-free section with a verdict. A verdict. Now, John, for the verdict, I want to ask you... Um, I want to ask you for the verdict... Why is the newsroom the greatest drama on TV? (laughs) 
if I was under a bit more stress and I was under the hot lights, I might be hallucinating right now, seeing an attractive lady telling me to say, it's not, but it can be. But the fact is, it really might be the best drama on TV. (laughs) What? I don't need some imaginary lady to be telling me that. I really, really like the show. It's too preachy. There's really corny speeches. The music is so ham-fisted. But I don't care. I just go with it because I really, really like the show. The characters are great. All the characters I'm interested in, even the love triangle stuff, which generally I'm not a fan of, I like those characters. The interactions between Will and Mac and Will and Charlie, they're great. The side characters are hilarious. The politics... I got interested in. Recently, I haven't been that interested in politics. The newsroom made me care about politics. Mm -hmm. And so I go with the show. I think it's really funny. It's really entertaining. And I got more and more hooked the more the the story arcs throughout the season developed. And I was actually really touched by the the final scene in, in the finale of the season one of Newsroom. It could be the best drama show it's not actually eligible for this Emmys coming up in two weeks. It's actually going to be eligible for next year's Emmys. Hmm. It could be my favourite to win next year's Emmys. I'm going to give season one of Newsroom 9 out of 10. Oh, this is not the critical consensus. The critics have not been very kind to the Newsroom at all. Whoa. Look, I, you should have just read out my it's not but it can be because that's my view. Uh, <laughs> it's Look, this is not the greatest drama on TV. Sorkin's greatest show, The West Wing, had, I thought, an out, a, a, a just across-the-board brilliant cast. Just everything clicked. I feel like with the newsroom, not everything clicked. I feel like there were some characters I liked more than others. There some characters I found a bit annoying. There were some storylines I found annoying. That being said, I think the critics have been pretty unfair on the newsroom. This is a show that does something that no other show does. It does it in a way that no other show does it. And it does it fairly well. The news coverage is great. I think they've got a lead character that is very compelling and very interesting. Uh, And then you've got people like Sam Waterston, like giving amazing supporting performances to back it up. I would hope for season two, Sorkin tweaks it a bit. He fixes up some of the things that might have not clicked and not worked. Because I think this could be my favourite drama series on TV given a few adjustments and a, and, and a bit of evolution. I think we need a newsroom 2.0. So I'll give it um, an 8 out of 10. So that's the end of our spoiler-free section. So now, spoiler alert! <laughs> Spoilers. Turn off. If <laughs> I should never tell we would just turn off the show. Okay. So now we're going to get into the show in a bit more detail mm. and talk about some of the so- plot developments throughout the season for those that mm. have... Watch yeah. the newsroom, mm. or don't care about or spoilers. don't care about spoilers, yeah. or just anyone who's still here, yes. still listening. Yeah. So apparently, Bin Laden died. That was a bit of a twist. What do you think about that? <laughs> I think that might have been my least favorite episode of the season, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps this isn't shouldn't be in the A block of our spoiler <laughs> section, the Bin Laden episode, but we brought it up. Yeah, I think like the example of Neil's girlfriend. Like, she knew someone that mm. died in September 11, how it was to her, and then mm. Jim being, oh, I'm so sorry, I've been celebrating you in front of you all day. Yeah. It just wasn't very subtle or very cleverly done, I don't mm. think, that bit. Yeah. I like them showing sort of the members of the police and the, the military some respect in terms of, like, them finding out the news. 
But I think we got about four or five of those scenes. Like, I think you should be the one to tell them. And it's like... I feel like it turned out like that was being used more as a free pass to get out of trouble. Like, <laughs> this guy's in trouble with the police. Oh, just tell him Bin Laden's dead. Like, <laughs> just, just tell him that. That'll get you out of it. Oh, the cat, the air pilot, like, you're, you're in trouble. Uh, what are you causing a ruckus in my plane for? The guy's like, oh, oh, we've got some news, everyone. I wanted to let these guys know that we got Bin Laden. <laughs> Perhaps maybe the first thing to get into is Willem Mack, the real oh my history God. behind yes. this. Okay. So Will and Mac, they dated. They broke up about three years ago. Will was in love with Mac. Mm. Mac cheated on him. For four months, it turns out, later on. I thought it was just a one-off yeah, thing. Yeah, here's the thing. You're in love with someone. You've been together about two years. You're really serious about them. Then you find out they cheated. Yep. This is going to be heartbreaking. This is yep. not easy to deal with. That could legitimately end the relationship. Like, I don't think that would be an unreasonable thing to happen out of that. Now, if they cheated on you and they were unsure about you or whatever, or they just didn't want to be with you anymore, then you're just not going to be together. Yeah. But if they cheat on you and, like Max says, that made me realise I was actually in love with you, it's still going to be hard to forgive them. Yes. But you can see being open to continuing the relationship because you could just pass it off as one mistake, as I thought it was. But no, she was with them for four months. Yeah. <laughs> that was quite a review. I think that made Mac out to be... So much worse. Yeah. Like, that <laughs> almost just makes you, like, a bad person. That's, like, yeah. not okay to do to someone. No wonder Will has not gotten over this. Which, in a way, helped make his character make sense. Because people are like, oh, why, are you, why is this still such a big thing three years later? Why can't you get over it? Because it was such a big thing. Didn't the people saying this to him know that it was a four-month affair, though? I'm not sure. Yeah. I thought there's a great scene where Will's with his psychiatrist and the psychiatrist goes, like, it's been, like, four years, man. And then Will says something like, the reason I don't speak to people like you is because you say stuff like that. You're not in my head. Fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) I thought the episode with the therapist, I mean, two episodes, were really good. That was some Sopranos level. (laughs) Whoa. Stuff I really enjoyed the because I, I like the character of Will and so getting to see that sort of extra layers to him in these therapy sessions yeah. was revealing and entertaining. Clearly, Will doesn't deal with it in the best way, and he is bitterly clinging on in an unhealthy way. But like, I think people need to be a bit more understanding that he was hurt, and just because it's been four years doesn't mean that you're not still hurt by the love of your life cheating on you for four months. What did you think about buying the ring? For when he knew that she was going to find out that uh, he got this talk show deal and was going to come in on a big rant. So he had uh, an engagement ring to say, no, I was like always, I wasn't planning on leaving. I was always going to marry you. It's a little douchey of him to pull that out, I guess. Right? Like, like she thinks she's got something on him after four years of feeling guilty. And he's like, oh, actually, here's something more romantic. Like, actually, it makes me look like a better guy. I'm of the opinion that she was the cheater. She wronged him in a pretty serious way. Part of me's like, I want to see him make her squirm a little bit. Well, I guess that depends on do you want Will and Mac to get together? I guess I do. <laughs> like, I think he'll be happier if he's with her. 
I think I want them to get together. But like Will, it is sort of hard even for me to forgive yeah. Mac for cheating on him for four months. I thought that ring thing, when he got it out, I thought that was really touchy. That was kind of like, yeah. oh, he had that like the whole time. And he's kept it in his thing yeah. for like mm. four years. And then, no, he just bought it. And I, at first I didn't like that. I felt it kind of undid all yeah. of that emotion. But there were two things that, that made me think it's still okay. One is that he wasn't going to take that job. If I believe him saying that yeah. he wasn't going to take his, that job, and I do. Mm. And then he he tore up the receipt. He wasn't going to return yeah. the engagement ring. Mm. I was just tying this back into why I didn't like the Bin Laden episode. I think Will being high on the air... I think that was pushing it too far. Like, I think that was just kind of silly. Like, luckily he went on there and killed it, and the fact that he was high didn't make a difference. But I thought, ah, no, I didn't really like that being the story. But anyway, he gets high, and he then rings Mac. And we only find this out in the last episode. And he leaves her a message. And we get to hear half of that message when the uh, TMI reporter is playing on her laptop at the end of the episode. That killed me. It gets cut off, and we don't even get to hear it. Yeah. But the fact that... Well, he says, like, after all this time, I never stopped. And it gets cut. You think he's going to say, he never stopped loving you. Yeah. And that that was really affecting to me. Could be hating you. Yeah, it could be. I could be wrong. I th- but I that's thought, what I, I thought, assumed it was. Yeah, I and thought that's loving what I was too. affected yeah. by. Yeah. So we got Will and Mac. Talked about them for a bit. We referred to Jim, Maggie, and Don oh, as man, a love th- triangle. It's really a love pentagon, though. Because we have these at the start. Okay, I'm going to draw this out so we keep a track of this. So Maggie is going out with Don. But Jim likes Maggie. And Maggie likes Jim to an yes, extent. Yes, they like each other. And Jim is going out with Lisa. To Don, Don initially him. sets up Lisa with Jim on uh, New Year's Eve. Yeah. And then Maggie complicates that by... Forcing him to do something romantic on Valentine's Day. Which kind of means a bit more on Valentine's Day. So Jim and Lisa start going out. So now you've got Jim and Lisa. Lisa, who's Maggie's roommate, going out. Don't you think there's a sort of sisterly code? Or a brotherly code? Where Maggie could say to Lisa, Look, Jim, it's a bit weird... Could you just not go out with him? There's plenty of fish in the No, scene. you can't do that because that makes you a terrible person because you're going out with Don. If you're in a relationship with someone for like a year, you can't call dibs on other people. Like if I had a girlfriend for a year yeah. and then she has a friend yeah. that I you know, sort of know, sort of like, yeah. and then you want to go out with them, I can't go, no, Matt, don't go out with them. You'd be like, why? You've got a girlfriend. Yeah. So Maggie can't say that to Lisa. That'll be ridiculous. Well... But Lisa, Lisa, they she's worried about being not as smart as them because she works in fashion or whatever. She is quite cluey, though, because she knows that Maggie has a thing for Jim, and that's why she's a bit hesitant at first. So, she, yeah, like, I just think this is very complicated when you go out with someone who there are, feel like, feelings for one of your friends. Like, this is not what I would be advising. So if it wasn't complicated enough, in the last episode, <laughs> oh my God. Sloane reveals that she likes Don. Yeah, in no uncertain terms. <laughs> so why are you single? Because you've never asked me out. <laughs> so of these five people, Matt, who do you want to get with who? It's probably There probably should have been a whom in there yeah, somewhere, yeah. but forgive yeah. me. Well, probably, I think Maggie and Jim. 
and that's it. Maybe Maggie and Jim and Don and Lisa. Don and Lisa. Curveball. Because you've got a lot of lines connecting everyone, and apparently that's the only one without a line. Well, but. I feel like I don't really care about Lisa or Don much. So just, like, move them off to the side together, and then I don't eat it. Like, they're not going to get in anyone else's mess. Here's my take on it. Okay. We're supposed to want Jim and Maggie to get together. I think yeah. like that's what's been set up from the start. Yeah. I feel like if they were to get together, they would be in love. Yes. The thing with Jim and Lisa is... Jim likes Lisa, and he's a being a good guy. He doesn't want to hurt her. But I don't feel like Jim is in love with Lisa. No. We have a similar question about Maggie and Don. Mm. Does Maggie love Don? I'm not sure. Yeah. Does Don love Maggie? I think he does. Now, they keep on breaking up, and he's done some not-so-good stuff to her. But I don't think that's just because he's not in love with her. I think that's just because Don's a bit of a douche. Yes. But I think at the end of that, so we're all on board the Jim-Maggie train, right? Everyone's on board that. Like, in terms of results, yes. yes. In terms of, do I want to watch this continue for potentially multiple seasons in a show? Maybe not. I no, think not I'll at all. I think I'll start to get irritated not at all. by it. That's why I want Jim and Maggie just get together as quickly as possible, because we know it's going there anyway. And Don, I don't really want Don and Sloane to start going out. Is Sloane too good for Don? Um, I think so, and I feel like I the thing I enjoyed about her character in season one was that there wasn't all this sort of relationship drama with people in the workplace with her. Like, like I was more interested in her and Mackenzie's relationship as sort of, like, good friends that sort of help each other out. Her sort of incompetent advice that she gives to Will at parties. Her sort of lobbying to get, like, certain stories on the news and her sort of quirkiness. And I feel like if her storyline becomes about courting Don or about a sort of angsty being part of this love pentagon, I'm going to enjoy her character a lot less. Yeah, I found it kind of funny that she was probably the most attractive person, the one you think would be able to get who they wanted. And she's also really, really intelligent, but is the one that's able to admit, I know nothing about people. I'm useless. Yeah, I'm always like, wrong here. Yeah. Which is, I thought that was quite funny. Mm. Uh, so we've got the love Pentagon. And then there's something about phone hacking. What do you think about the phone hacking scandal? So is it Jane Fonda? Jane Fonda's Jane thing, Fonda, uh, yeah. yeah. Big name. Another film star going to TV. Yeah. She's only in like, Two episodes. I feel like she's there more. Maybe maybe three episodes. Yeah. She's kind of the big, big boss. She's above Charlie. Yeah. When they start doing this Newsnight 2.0, they start making enemies with the Tea Party and the Koch brothers mm. and people that she has to deal with uh, on the hill, she gets upset with Charlie and Will. Yeah. And his job comes uh, under threat. How she goes about trying to remove him when they won't stop doing the news the way they want to do the news is through the tabloids. TMI keeps on reporting these scandals on him. Hmm. And I guess you think that's an interesting story. You know, it's her doing this, giving them information, they're targeting him. Hmm. But then I thought it was quite good when you find out this other layer. It's not just she's feeding them information because they're able to get more than that, more ammunition to take down Will from phone hacking. Yeah. So I thought that was a pretty good way of integrating a real-life story Hmm into adding drama to the show. Which she is unaware of, the phone. Yeah. She is not responsible. Because I think at the end of the day, you're not meant to love Jane Fonda, you're not meant to like her, but you're meant to understand where she's coming from. Yeah, it's her son. Yeah, it's her son. Reese, who yeah. is the, I guess, the bad guy, the one who's yeah. behind the phone hacking. Yes. So, yeah, I guess I like that, and I guess they won, in a way, when they found it out and they got to do the news they wanted to do at the end. Yeah. So I guess that's a good way to end 
a season with like a little bit of a victory. Yeah. But you know there's going to be things that go wrong and things mm. that are going to start to hold him back from doing what they want to do oh, yeah. in future seasons. For sure. I thought the shooting uh, thing was done very well on the show. The Gabby Gifford shooting. I just thought that was such a beautiful and fun and nice scene. When Reese runs in to tell him to pronounce her dead, and it's yeah. like a doctor pronounces her dead, yeah. not us, and yeah. like Charlie's dead. Like, that's when Don stands up. That was a good moment for Don. Yeah. Good moment yeah. for Charlie. Yeah. That was a good stick it to the man scene. And um, and Will just shouts out to Mackenzie when she goes, I fucked up. He's like, um, was he goes... We're going to be okay or something. Like, that was really nice. Like, there's a real rah-rah, rally the troops moment uh, to Coldplay's song, Fix You, just all came together. It came together beautifully. Like, I thought, this is vintage Sorkin. Like, this is so good. Um, My mum was watching that scene uh, with me. She popped on in, and she said, oh, who's that person that got shot? Like, as a congresswoman. She goes, yeah, but, like... Did she used to be married to the news anchor? I said, no, she's just a congresswoman that got shot. And I was like, oh, why do they take it so seriously? Because <laughs> <laughs> they're news reporters, and it's not good when your elected officials get shot. They were very emotionally invested. I can understand why if you just saw that scene in isolation, you might think, boy, they really love that Giffords. They were taking it really personally, whether they pronounced it dead or alive. A similar kind of moment that I liked, another one of those rally the troops moments, was the Rudy episode, where oh, they tell yeah. the story of everyone coming in, putting their jerseys down, saying they want Rudy to play for the football team. At the end, everyone brings in the check yeah. for uh, to contribute to paying that uh, Egyptian, Egyptian news reporter's ransom, mm. which we'll pay for because he's a good guy and yeah. super rich. Mm. I think that's the kind of thing that in other shows might be a bit cheesy, might not work. Yeah. But here, I just loved it. I it thought good. it was a really, really good end to an episode. So they're going on about the tea party a bit. Mm. And I guess this is the trouble with being such a one-sided show. Like, they, they do not like the tea party. They are not doing promos for the tea party. No. This is where I'm getting my information from the tea party. on. I don't know that much about them. So as an audience member, I too am now starting to not like the Tea Party. Yeah. They point out some sneaky things they're doing to get rid of voters they don't want with the voter ID thing so that nurse's great aunt couldn't vote. Which, to be fair, the Republican Party was doing before the Tea Party. Like, that was a big part of the 2000 election scandal. But anyway, yes. And there's evidence of them lying about the economy. Sloan's always up in arms about the debt ceiling. Yeah. We have things about whether... uh, Christianity should play a role in mm. politics. Yeah. I felt like this was all good stuff. Mm. This is all educational, and I rally behind the rants and stuff. Yeah. And then at the end, he refers to the Tea Party as the American Taliban. Yeah, that just seems unhelpful for the discourse. And I me. thought, you've gone a bit far now. Yeah. Now I'm starting to wonder whether I should be going with you. Should we be going with the Matt? To what extent are they correct with their complaints about the Tea Party? Okay, I, I follow US politics maybe a bit more than you. I think Jet, over that debt ceiling thing, the Tea Party did act very irresponsibly, and I don't think there's any facts that they give in the newsroom that I'm aware of that are wrong. I think the Taliban term is a very loaded, yeah. 
like, I don't see how this helps raise the level of public debate uh, or discourse or news. Like, I, I just thought that was just a cheap shot. Uh, maybe he wanted to ruffle feathers and provoke people to thought. I don't know. I think the one thing I didn't like about the Tea Party stuff is not that I didn't like that on its own, but I feel like Obama also sometimes twists the truth or also sometimes makes does the wrong thing and things. They couldn't have had some focus on some of the thing, maybe promises Obama hasn't kept since being elected. And, like, you know, even people on the left have been quite critical of Obama since he took office. I don't mind if they keep the progressive left perspective, but maybe just so anti the right this show, and it's always defending things people are saying about Obama. Maybe a few of the, like Obama said he closed Guantanamo Bay because it was a human rights issue, then he didn't. Like, could they focus on that a bit? And yeah, I just thought it was, they could have done some anti-Obama stuff too. I think they try to balance that by saying, Will's a registered Republican. Yeah, that's seems- He's a Republican, and the reason why he's doing this is not because he hates the right, because he does it because he feels like the right's being misrepresented. He wants to save the right from the Tea Party. Yeah. Which I guess does balance it a little, mm. but if you don't do anything on the show about Obama or yeah. say anything good that the Republicans are doing or anything bad that the Democrats are doing, it does seem a little unbalanced. Season two, do you have any hopes, expectations, theories? I think the relationship stuff's going to be a little bit more of the same. Jim, Maggie, love issues, Mac and Will. I think we're going to get more Mac and Will stuff, and I think they maybe going to hook up because we I thought that that would happen sooner in season one and that ended up being a bit of a slow burn but some of the reveals I actually liked I think we're going to get more of that in season two Mm. I think in terms of the the news I can't predict the news but this is back in time so if Mm. I knew the news I could tell you what it would be for Mm -hmm. season two the election I presume is going to be point of discussion mm. in season two so we don't want news during season two spoilers avoid the election coverage yeah, the u.s election coverage i think season two it'll be inter- there has been quite a lot of criticism in the states about this show and it'll be interesting how much of that aaron sorkin takes on board and how much that influences the way he writes season two i feel like a lot of television criticism is just based on like the pilot episode like if you go to metacritic and read the reviews I don't think people have waited for the whole season to come out and then done a season review. I think those are just episode by episode. And I feel like a lot of the perhaps flaws in the show are a bit more isolated towards the first couple of episodes and become sort of more explained as the show goes on. I feel like the critics have been a bit harsh. I think the critics have been harsh, but they've still been harsh. And it'll be interesting to see how that gets in Aaron Sorkin's head. If he does balance out a couple of the issues i had it could be one of my favorite shows yeah i i I mean it already is one of my favorite shows of the season could be one of my favorite shows ever yeah i think some of the criticisms here are fair that the critics have made i think they've been way too over the top and they haven't focused on the positives at all which i think is a shame but i think if he can take those valid criticisms and tweak them change them it can be a really really good show like i think all the elements are here for a great show i'm not sure whether it's quite at that great level yet yeah, I, 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 I hope maybe a bit more of the Will Mack thing. I Because I do care about Will so much, I am invested in that a bit more than the Maggie, Jim, Don sort of stuff. I hope that sort of gets settled out soon and sort of gets pushed to the side a bit. I thought it was quite sweet in the season final, the uh, sort of Taylor Swift moment where Mac shows him the stuff she had written <laughs> from the beginning of the 
It was very um, You Belong With Me-esque. I really like that. And she says how his heart's melting. And then he's just like, Why did you wait till now to tell me? Yeah, that was great. So, in conclusion, I think we both agree Newsroom, better than the West Wing. No. Your West Wing season one of ten. Okay, well, one from two of us think it's better than the West Wing. And that's like 50% That's a pass. So I guess you've got to round up. <laughs> I'd say the West Wing at its best, also about a nine out of ten for me. Yeah. But I, I think it... I mean, obviously this is only ten episodes. Yes. Yeah. The West Wing tried to sustain that over 140 episodes. 50. But yeah. So that's the podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Next mm-hmm. week, another TV drama in Breaking Bad. Oh. Been a big half season. Yeah. We'll uh, let you know all our thoughts on that next mm-hmm. week. Yeah. Look forward to that, guys. Yeah. See you then. See you. Bye.